Thank you so much for joining us this week. First question, why do you want to be governor? Um, I actually don't necessarily want to be. That's not something that I've desired. I've just felt a need. Um, I had name recognition and I see that you know, Idaho is heading down a path that uh, I don't want it to go down and I believe the majority of Idahoans do not want it to go down and where much is given, much is expected. So, but as far as a want, that's really not, doesn't have much to do with it. Um, you know, I have a young family, uh, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, if I wanted to go do something, I would go into business. I'd spend that time with my family, but I believe that there's a need here and, uh, and that the, it's time to act in certain ways and so that's what I'm doing. Well, let's talk a little bit about what you plan to do if you are elected. One of the major parts of your proposals has had to do with taxes. Can you explain what, what you would like to see happen? Yeah, so eliminating uh, progressive taxes, I guess, is overall kind of how I'd summarize it. Um, certainly, that includes the elimination of property tax and uh, income tax. Uh, I believe that the only moral way to tax a people is through a consumption tax. and so there sales is sales tax. Yeah, sales tax, yeah. Uh, I've proposed uh, what we should do to replace property tax uh, because there is legitimate purposes of government and we need to fund those. And, uh, you know, there has to be some way to do that. And so, you know, just eliminating taxes altogether and not being responsible with it is something that is not part of my proposal. But I also don't like the idea of the state uh, being able to lien our, our properties, our homes, uh, through our current property tax system, and, and I believe we need to eliminate it and change it. So you've, you have proposed doing away with property taxes, which isn't collected by the state. It, it does fund local governments. Mm -hmm. How would you replace that money? And, and well, let's start there. How would you replace yeah. those property tax funds? So obviously, um, as governor, I would need the legislature to get involved in this, and we, you know, uh, that's something uh, that would obviously have to happen. And uh, I look forward to working with the legislature on topics such as this. Um, and so I would be proposing that we again replace it with a consumption tax. So at the point of sell or at the at at the purchase, that there would be a consumption tax on it and. Uh, and that tax would uh, replace the, the taxes that we're doing now. And so we get rid of this, you know, where we have to pay on our homes forever or the state takes it. Uh, and uh, we still fund the, the legitimate purposes of government. And again, I broke that down at uh, votebundy.com on my website. Would you propose raising the sales tax? Because right now for, for most goods, that's 6%. Mm -hmm. Would you need to bump that up to replace the more than $2 billion just from property tax alone? So uh, I don't, we will not have to raise the current uh, sales tax to uh, compensate for the property tax. And again, I've, I've laid that out very clearly on my website. Um, however, if we want to get rid of uh, income tax and we want to clear some of these other taxes up, then there may need, be, need to be an increase. Uh, but with that, that said, well, so let me just say with that said though, um, we have uh, programs in the state that I believe are absolutely unnecessary. We need to minimize those programs or eliminate those programs. Uh, for example, you know, almost 40% of our budget, the state budget, goes to welfare programs. And uh, I don't believe that we should uh, be, coming, be a nanny state. I don't believe that the state of Idaho should be, you know, providing that type of, that amount of, of welfare services. 
And so we're, that, that, that alone is uh, almost $4 billion a year. And so let's redirect that, lower the taxes of the people of Idaho and allow, and allow them to pay their own bills. Well, I, about welfare, you said you would like to eliminate um, these welfare programs. Does that include aid for people with disabilities? Uh, I think that there's some opportunity for services uh, for the state, uh, especially when it comes to you know, uh, children and the need for children to, you know, have homes and uh, that where their parents aren't doing that or are not capable of doing that or are not around. That's kind of always been something that the state has uh, worked at a little bit, but but we need to push these services back onto the churches and to the families and to the communities. And a good example of that is like the, the homeless here in, in the Boise area. Well, we have the Boise Rescue Mission who does a tremendous job at uh, you know providing services to those people and to helping them to have food and a place to stay and clothing and all of that and none of that is government funded uh, none of that those funds come from the government and yet they're providing the bulk of the service here in Boise in that in that area if you will and, uh, and it's not a burden to the taxpayer. And they're much better at it than the government is. It's also a temporary facility. It's not a permanent solution for folks who, who are experiencing homelessness. Yeah, but I don't think that uh, welfare should be, ever be a permanent service. Uh, along, uh, along those lines, though, you, know, you, you said that, that private charities and churches should be stepping in to help with, you've mentioned on your website, mm -hmm food aid and you know people with disabilities Correct. who need home health care especially when it comes to home health care workers there is already a shortage that we're experiencing in this state if that gap is already there are the churches stepping up to fulfill those needs as they are and if not are they prepared for even more well they won't as long as the state's going to fill it that's what that's what we've seen as long as the state you know, tries to fill a, a, a void, whether it's, you know, a family duty, uh, parents, uh, whether it's the church, then it seems like society will allow the state to do that. But the state doesn't do it very well. It's very expensive. It's consumed uh, by bureaucracies and red tape. And I just believe and, and believe that we need to go back to what we know worked. And it's been working that way for hundreds of years. And we need to push it back onto the the families, back to the churches, back to the communities. And, uh, and sometimes that might be a little uncomfortable. Um, uh, it might create a, f a few vacuums here and there, but ultimately in the end, it is much, much better for everybody, uh, including, including the taxpayer. You've also proposed, as you mentioned, doing away with individual income tax. Um, that's 42% of the $6.2 billion in revenue collected by the state last fiscal year. Is it does that include corporate income tax first of all? Um, I think that uh, corporations, you know, have a duty to uh, pay their uh, fair share, if you will. Um, I don't like the idea of having economic development planned where we bring a big corporation in, uh, they provide low to middle income jobs, uh, we give them tax uh, cuts and tax uh, rebates. Uh, and uh, you know, and they don't help pay for the legitimate purposes of government. Um, I think it should be equal across the board. Um, and I don't see how you know we really benefit from that type of economic development plan. I believe a, an accurate economic development plan or a 
or one that we should implement here in Idaho, uh, benefits the individual, the entrepreneur, and the young businesses because that's where wealth is truly generated and that's where jobs are created, uh, good jobs, and um, I, I will direct my efforts that way. Not that I don't want to be attractive as a state to corporations, there's nothing wrong with that, but uh, trying to attract them by giving them tax uh, you know, cuts or, or even uh, you know, tax rebates, um, I, I just don't see how that really fits into the needs of the, of the state of Idaho. You've talked a lot about unnecessary government programs, but while acknowledging that you see government as having certain proper roles, what are those proper roles? Well, certainly uh, proper roles in you know, our policing agencies to make sure that uh, we have a, uh, a safe environment, that we live in safe communities. Uh, I think a lot of that responsibility needs to fall upon the sheriff's department. Um, so there's certainly that. I believe that there, again, there's a role in, in some of the needs to fill the, the voids and so forth when it comes to um, some immediate needs for, for uh, children in need. Um, um, I, you know, there's certainly just the overall role to make sure that our county recorders are funded, uh, our records are kept, and, and so that the people have a, a legitimate way to be able to identify what claims they have, what rights they are, the, their titles and their deeds. And then, of course, even though uh, I don't like what's going on in the courts, there is a need for the courts so that when people have a dispute, they have a place to go uh, uh, work that out that's peaceful. Uh, so these are some legitimate purposes of government that we need to fund. Our roads are important. Our infrastructure is very important. Um, uh, but many, many of the programs in government uh, really need to be minimized or eliminated. How about public education? Well, that's a, that's a big um, program right now. And we're not going to eliminate that. And I've, I've been very, you know, open with the people that I've talked to uh, that, you know, we're going to have to deal with public education. How do but, you deal, though? Yeah, so, I mean, that's a, that's a fair question. Um, I, so, first of all, I believe that the, the, it is the parents' responsibility to teach their children. They have that duty. I believe that that, that responsibility and right comes from God. Now, many parents choose to uh, try to educate their children through the public school system. And... Uh, there's a lot of challenges there. I think, you know, when you look over all of Idaho's public education system, I would think, I would say that in comparison, we're not doing very good. We're not doing very well. And so I believe that there needs to be a lot of changes there. And one of those changes is giving the parents the ability to decide where the money goes. And then also freeing up our schools, our school administrators, our school um, teachers, our, our school boards bring them up from federal curriculums, from state curriculums, so that they can kind of cater uh, to the students they have and to the parents. And then with that together, with the parents controlling uh, the money through a you know, school choice uh, type of uh, system, and freeing the school teachers and the administrators and the school boards up from federal curriculums and mandates and so forth, uh, then we create this almost a, kind of a free market situation in our schools where I believe that that will be the best uh, scenario that we can create in a public education system. How are you going to pay for it? Well, it's going to be paid for through the consumption taxes uh, off of the property. Off the, and I propose that again, uh, replacing the property tax with the consumption tax. And it basically equals out so it's the same amount of money. 
And so that's how it'll be. Property, just to clarify. Yeah. So uh, I'm proposing to eliminate property tax, the property tax system we have, and to going with the consumption tax. And if you look at uh, what the property tax brings in and, and how it funds public education and our and our sheriff's departments and so forth, and then you compare it to to the system that I'm proposing. Um, it basically compensates, it's about the same amount, it's a little more through the system that I'm proposing. Uh, however, it's not dependent on the state leaning your property and, and taking your property. And so the funds to fund the legitimate purposes of government are there. It's just, I believe, in a better way to, to make sure our private property is protected. Article 9, Section 1 of the Idaho Constitution says the legislature must establish a free and uniform public school system. Uh, are, you, are you planning to fund schools at the same rate that they're funded at now? And are you in favor of changing that constitutional mandate? Um, I don't, I'm not in, in, uh, opposed to that uh, constitutional mandate. Um, you know, the legislature set that. Uh, the rate, uh, I that we really need to look at. I, and I haven't in any way said, well, let's cut uh, schools completely. Let's do, you know, that I'm, um, I'm opposed to that. I don't think that that's practical. But I do understand that it doesn't take money to educate. Uh, we have to have facilities. We have to have the places to do that. We have to have some tools and so forth. We have to pay for teachers. But there's, there's somehow this idea that, you know, that if we dump hundreds of millions of dollars into education system that somehow we're going to have a better education system. And that has proven to be absolutely false. Uh, we need to go to the drawing table and say, hey, look, these are the real problems that are going on. This is why we haven't been able to tr transfer information from one person to another, because that's ultimately what education is. This is what our challenges are. And we need to face those challenges and stop making it political, stop making it something uh, that it's not. We just need to absolutely say this is for our children. If we're going to educate our children using these funds, then we need to be responsible with them and we need to actually be able to say in the end that our children are, are educated and ready to go into the workforce or in, on to the next level of education. And I don't believe we can honestly say that in Idaho right now. You've also said that if elected on day one that you will sign an executive order concerning abortion, criminalizing it. Would you advocate for punishing women who seek abortions? Anybody who wants to kill a child, um, I think, uh, is complicit in a crime. I don't believe that uh, murdering a baby uh, should go unpunished. And uh, if they're part of that, if they're involved in that, then they should be responsible. They're culpable. Including the woman. In, absolutely, including the woman. I mean, who is supposed to protect their child more than anybody else if it's not the mother? And then to say that somehow the mother's not responsible for those decisions? Absolutely. You've also said that you would do away with exemptions for rape and incest. Would, would you have any exemptions for life of the mother? Um, yeah, I mean, there's some there's some circumstances where, you know, a doctor has to, you know, just make a decision, but also in, in, it can't be an excuse to just kill the child though. It can't be. And uh, so that's why I don't believe that we should, you know, have those exceptions. Uh, now, any, any medical procedure that goes on is dangerous. Uh, there's, you know, there's some more dangerous than others. And if they don't, uh, 
turn out where the life was not uh, saved, then we don't go after the doctor for murder. And so as long as the intent is to try to preserve life, uh, then there's nothing anybody needs to worry about. But if the intent was to take life, uh, then, then I believe that it should be punished. How about other policies regarding reproductive access, um, like IUDs for, for women? You've spoken a little bit about this on mm -hmm. social media. Do you think IUDs should be banned in Idaho? I don't. Uh, the more I've done the research, um, the more I believe that it shouldn't. Um, I believe, you know, um, unless I see and understand something differently, uh, I don't. I don't believe that I, an IUD would uh, would qualify under, you know, conception or whatever. And uh, I do believe we need to be responsible with, you know, with uh, our ability to re reproduce and to and to. And I believe that. Um, that those type of, uh, of ways are, are, are acceptable. And unless I understand something that I don't understand now, that's, that's my position on it. You know, I, you, you've suggested a lot of proposals that are big changes from the way Idaho has done things in the past. How would you get the legislature on board to get it done? Well, things like uh, before 2020 and 2021, we haven't been able to pay our own bills for the last 38 years. Um, we've had to go back to the federal government every year for the last 38 years and ask for money. Well, I don't think that we should continue to do that in Idaho. I think we have the ability, we have the, the people who want to work, we have the resources. I believe that we should be able to pay our own bills because every dollar that comes from the federal government comes with strings attached to it. And so this idea that we need to continue doing what we're doing, even though it's not good, uh, that we need to continue and not change that, uh, you know, I'm challenging that. I'm saying, hey, look, these are some things that we really need to change to make sure that Idaho has a strong future. And, uh, you know, things like taking back our lands uh, so that we can pay our own bills, uh, becoming uh, free from, you know, federal curriculums in our schools. Uh, these are all things that I'm proposing that might be big things, uh, but I believe that the people of Idaho need to face the reality here uh, and I believe that the majority of the people of Idaho want to. So you've suggested that Idaho should reclaim the more than 60% of land in the state that is owned by the federal government or administered by the federal government. How would the state do that? How do you get Congress on board? Well, so it's unconstitutional. If you look, if you look east of the Colorado Rockies, the federal government only controls 2.4% of the land. And then west of the Colorado Rockies, it's only 51% or it's a complete 51%. So they've basically taken land that's unconstitutional uh, to take in the Western United States. And that's because the Western United States is full of minerals and wealth and, and uh, resources. And uh, it's putting the states like Idaho uh, into what I call undue obedience because it is, we're not able to use the land and the resources uh, the state's not able to tax for it, or even to tax for the cells of the of the generation of, uh, of the of the resource. We do and get so, pill payments, though. From what's the that? We we get pill payments yeah, from the federal like, government. Yeah, and it's like it's like a penny on the dollar. It's you know I think it totals like thirty four million dollars is all it is, and we're talking about billions of dollars that we'd be able to generate. Uh, I mean you know 
uh, I don't know, I mean, you can estimate it. I know that there's estimated uh, of just its subsurface mineral rights in the Western United States is $117 trillion. So, you know, generating uh, the wealth in Idaho uh, compared to what the federal government pays in PILT is not even a comparison. Um, and we need to be able to use that. The people of Idaho need to be able to benefit from those, from the land and the resources. And the federal government is un unconstitutionally holding it away from the people. And so, so in return, what do we have to do? We have to go back to the federal government to ask them for almost a little over a third of our bills, to, for them to pay a little over a third of our bills. You know, I, with, with these big proposals that you have, um, a lot of it is going to require getting people on your side, whether they're members of the legislature or local governments or members of Congress. Um, meanwhile, you, you, you rose to prominence. You said earlier in the interview that you have name recognition, you know, partly um, because of the protests and mm -hmm. the occupation of Malheur. And I don't want to relitigate Malheur, but mm -hmm. uh, how will this history and and approach that you've had to some of these protests inform your governing style. Yeah, well, you've uh, laid out here that you know these these big ideas or these big uh, uh, things that we want to accomplish and I believe need to accomplish in Idaho will take a lot of people you know getting on board with that, and ultimately that's what I've done. Uh, when you look at what happened in Malheur, there was a family that was being. Uh, terribly, you know, I, I guess persecuted or, you know, put under extreme duress uh, by the federal government. And I rallied tens of thousands of people across the country uh, for their aid and ultimately was able to um, uh, get a, a presidential pardon for them. And President Trump only pardoned 17 people and, and I advocated for three of them. And then at the at my father's ranch, you know, I, I didn't live at the, on the ranch, uh, but I went and helped him. And again, we rallied hundreds of thousands of people and got international media attention for a certain cause. And uh, I do believe that if we can, uh, you know, get win this election, uh, get the office of the governor uh, going in the right direction, I believe that the people of Idaho will rally behind that. I believe that we can. Uh, set a vision and, and work with the legislature to get them in that direction and I believe we can get a lot of this done because the past has shown that I'm able to do that. You, know, you, you have said in, in a recent video though that you were hoping that somebody would quote take care of a judge who, who issued a ruling that, that you didn't like for somebody who was engaged in a protest mm -hmm. at a local public official's house. What exactly did you mean by that? Well we have a lot of injustices that is going on. Uh, Robert Jones was, you know, in the middle of the day, pounding on a, uh, I think it was a Home Depot bucket on a public street, and he was uh, arrested for uh, disturbing the peace, and this judge gave him a sentence of six months in jail. They were also playing sounds of gunfire, right, outside well, of the Robert house? Robert Jones wasn't. He was pounding on a bucket, and he was given six months. Um, how is that free speech in any way? I mean, you know, uh, it was in the middle of the day. Uh, he was pounding on a bucket, standing on the sidewalk, and this judge sentenced him to six months. She did it because she's a political machine. And uh, I don't believe we should have judges that are biased like that. And that's, that's my opinion, and I think it's an absolute injustice what happened to him.
you, you also said, you know, hopefully we can take care of her uh, peacefully. So are, are you open to political violence in these cases? And, well, and what level of violence? So there's lots of ways to, you know, take care of a judge. First of all, you know, you could vote them out. I know that there's a process through this uh, Idaho Supreme Court that you could go through to have them removed. Um, you know, I do believe that we should go through those processes. Uh, I believe that that judge, you know, should not continue as a judge. I think she showed her bias and her injustice. And uh, I know, you know, there's a little family that's suffering because of it. And Robert Jones is in, in jail right now because he, he pounded on a bucket in the middle of the day on the street. But are you and open so to political violence? What do you mean by political violence? Well, it, I'm, I'm asking based on what you said in the video. Hopefully we can do it peacefully. And so if, that's, if that doesn't work, what's the alternative? How, does, how is that in any way promoting violence? I said hopefully we can do it peacefully. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's of course what I would hope. That was, that's what my desire. Uh, you, you, you know as well as anybody else that you know, there's a, a whole bunch of other uh, non-peaceful uh, methods that are used. Well, I'm saying I don't condone that. Hopefully we can do it peacefully. Uh, anybody uh, that doesn't believe or want it to be done peacefully, I don't believe is in the right mind. And so that's why I said that. Hopefully we can do it peacefully. Yeah, we are just about out of time, but I do want to ask um, if you will accept the results of the election if it shows that you have lost. Um, yeah, of course. If the people of Idaho have spoken and they don't want me as their governor, um, I don't think I have a choice, right? I mean, I'd have to accept it. And, and to be honest with, me, with you, I'd, I'd go right on in, uh, with my family. Uh, I'd probably, you know, increase my business and keep doing that. Um, but I also uh, believe that Idaho is at a turning point. Uh, I believe that we're sliding down a path that is bringing us more to being like Oregon or Washington, and that if we don't correct that path, uh, that uh, the people of Idaho will, will suffer from that. And we don't want to be like Oregon. We don't want Boise to be like Portland, at least I don't. And I believe the majority of the people of Idaho agree with me. All right, Cameron Bundy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much.